I'm sorry, Gordon. What did you say? You put the stupid little fucking things in your Crocs? I do. I have chickens on mine. We're going to get you some hedgehogs, buddy. Oh, I didn't even think of that. No, what my wife has forbidden me for getting is um, there's two things I want. One, they make spoilers that go in the back of your Crocs because she doesn't want me to go real fast. Um, Or the other one is they make spurs. They make spurs to go on the back of your Crocs. Spurs I'm okay with. I thought you were going to say truck nuts. I thought that's where he was going to go too, Joe. Yeah. They do make croc nuts. I've seen them. (laughs) Oh, boy. They're called croc nuts. The idea of croc nuts is funny in itself, but for some reason, just seeing, like, Gordo, like, walk through them all with crocs. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Living Biblically. Living Biblically went 13 episodes with only one season on CBS. They were talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing February 26th, 2018. To get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always... The boys, Joe, Ferg, Nick, and Gordo. What's going on, guys? Hey, yo. Yo. Hey. I had to tell a sitcom episode and had super gonorrhea. So, uh, we're closing out. January is over. Thank you to everyone who participated and, and selected episodes for us. That was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll do it again next year. Whose pick was this? This was me. I picked this one. <laughs> no more fan picks. Now it's a me pick. Oh, it's not February. Okay, then fuck you. Anybody who picks an episode that talks about how great Cheez-Its are... Fuck you. How dare you do that to me? <laughs> so um, so since it already came up, uh, just the reason why I picked this, this is a show that I have never watched up until now, but I don't know. I was just clicking around and I stumbled across it. I remember when it came out, I just didn't watch it. But the star of the show, the guy who plays Chip, is J.R. Ferguson, who I've come to like because the Connors, I watched the Connors, and he plays Darlene's love interest in that show. So then I'm watching and I'm like, oh, he's the star of it. That's cool. And Darlene's in it. Sarah Gilbert's in the show. And then Johnny Galecki, who's like, who played Darlene's ex-husband from the David. Big Bang Theory as well. David Galecki. He's, oh, David, not Galecki. David's the character. David. <laughs> David from Roseanne. He's the executive producer of the show. So it's like, it's like all these things fell into place right before the Connors happened. Like, this was like the... <laughs> So they had everything but a good script and still ran with it. <laughs> I'm so glad, though, because I do really enjoy the Connors, and I'm glad that we got the Connors we got. But the I hate the This Connors. is hard because the cast is good. And, Jay, you also didn't mention uh, Ian Gomez, who... Well, no, not yet, but uh, we would have. <laughs> We're no, I'm saying, like, you're on. mentioning people who are in the show, right? Like, the cast is really great. And then David Crumholz, who we talk about on this podcast all the I time. I love that dude. David... I die, David Crumholtz. <laughs> this should be better. The people in this are amazing. Chris Rock's brother, Tony Rock. Tony Rock as well, yeah. Uh, David Crumholtz, who in Adam's Family Values, does see a poster of Michael Jackson and starts screaming uncontrollably. Casper Jackson, never too far from an episode. Am I the only one that got, like, the movie um, Yes Man vibes from this show? I don't think I've seen that. Obviously in the movie, like, it. he has to say yes to everything. Well, 
and then good things happen to them. Like, even if it's like, oh, that should be bad. And this one, they just replaced yes with the Bible. So it's like, oh, I don't want to do this, but he does it anyway. And then good shit happens. And it's like, it's just the way he's forced. Like, all I could think about was yes, man. All I could think about was this seems like a weird way for CBS to try to pigeonhole Catholicism into all of us. And unless you're Mel Brooks, you can't make the Bible funny. I'm sorry. It just does not work. Oh, actually, and one other person in the cast I wanted to bring up, I, I usually we kind of organically talk about them as we meet them all, but since we've kind of already rifled through everybody, uh, Nick, you're you're another big stand-up fan. Did you notice Gary is Joe DeRosa? Are you a fan of Joe DeRosa? No, I never even heard of him, actually. Yeah, he's he's another uh, another stand-up, and, and you'd be a fan of him. He actually um, he owns a sandwich shop in, uh, in New York. Who is this man? Yeah, <laughs> so... Is that why he was hamming it up so much in this episode? Ah! What else have I seen? Have we done another show with him, maybe? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because he does look familiar only in this Google, but not so much from the actual episode. But I do recognize him with glasses, which I don't think he wore in the episode. Well, people who wear glasses are much more recognizable. Well, that's the Superman. I already mentioned I personally had not watched this show. Did any of you guys? Did anyone know, know the show existed? existed? I never no. even heard of this show. I thought it was old, and that's why I never heard of it. Well, it's like six years old now. Yeah, older than I would have thought it was. I heard of it, but I never looked deep into it. I mean, I don't think a lot of people heard of it, considering it didn't even get its full run of episodes shown. Well, that was that was a ratings thing, and it wasn't the most like highly rated show. And to, and to get into those numbers, IMDb has this at 5.0. Rotten Tomatoes, critic score of 18%, audience score 60. So the, the audience score, uh, a, a little closer. That's, a, that's pretty yeah. high. 60%. No, that seems yeah, That's weird, low. though, because average them, I guess, because uh, 18, I think, is a little low. I think 50 makes sense. I don't think 18 and 60 make sense. Yeah. But also, you're going to run people off with religion. And I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying religion is a divisive thing in this country. If you make a show about religion, you're going to have an immediate ton of people say, I don't want to watch this because I don't want to watch anything about religion and not give it a shot. And then you're going to have crazy religious people who say, I'm not going to watch this because religion is so important to me. That's like a crazy big thing in my life. I'm not going to give it a shot. Like you really limit yourself. You know what else heard it too is that this isn't funny. Well, let's not go through that (laughs) yet. I will say, look. (laughs) I know. To, to tell on what Joe said, yeah, it's it's tricky because regardless of the content, this is it's a subject matter that you're going to make a decision about before you decide you want to watch it. And um, that can be tough. I thought about this while we were watching it, and I was trying to think, like, how could you keep the pretty much the same premise but remove religion from it? Like, what could I couldn't come up with anything personally. Oh, it's but, like, called My Name is Earl. Yeah, it's just My Name is Earl. It's just <laughs> good place. Mm, no, I no, mean, the good place is that's not religious. removing religion. Yeah. Yeah. It takes place in heaven. How is that removing <laughs> religion? No, it takes place in the good place, which we've covered. Go back and check that one out if you'd like. Okay, I actually meant my statement. The good place is also does this well. But... Spoiler alert, the good place is secretly hell. Hey, wow. spoiler alert for like season what seven if... of the good yeah, place. Yeah, but also yeah, like I was going to say, su- that's like season what an, three. What an unnecessary spoiler to shoot in someone, though, if they haven't seen it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, boy, I was just planning to go and watch The Good Place. Oh, Ted Danson's so charming, you'd watch it anyway. Yep. I don't think it, like, was Bible-thumping at you, because even the the priest is very level-headed, and it's not, like, overly, um... 
Yeah, they don't jam it down your throat. I disagree with that. I feel like it's jammed down your throat a little bit. It's I not. don't. I don't agree with you at all, Joe. To be honest, you no. have a scene. You have a scene where it's like they even acknowledge that they're all. We'll talk about it later. So I don't want to jump too ahead. But there's a point where you're in the bar. You have a priest, a rabbi, this newly found religious guy who's openly like in and out of it, and then his wife who's openly not religious at all, and no one's being shamed for being different or whatever. It's all they just kind of coexist, and but I don't think it's like jamming religion down your throat even though it's the subject matter i will say though i agree i think as a nick or gordo said i think it's a good premise i do agree i think it is a good premise i think gordo i think you're right i think you could do this well i just don't think they do it well and i think that to the religious thing i think if it was the other way i feel the same way right it's not about personal beliefs if something was like everybody's an atheist you'd be like okay you're being too heavy-handed on something i felt personally this was heavy-handed well yeah i didn't really get that but I what I didn't like about the concept I, I like the concept, but what I didn't like about it was it's they put a shelf life on it immediately because they attach it to her mm. pregnancy. Bad move. Nine months, that's it. It's one season. Yeah, but shows always pivot. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the by the end of the season the baby's born and then something happens and You pull it I'm a, a, my name is Earl since you brought it up earlier. Say the baby's born, he stops doing that, something bad happens to him. It was like when Earl stopped and he lost his money and all this bad shit right. happened to him. But they they you'll find a way to get back on track. Or what if we have a Damien thing where nine months later <laughs> season two happens, they have the baby and the baby is Satan. That is a fun second season. <laughs> It'd be an interesting pivot. <laughs> hard for a sitcom but an interesting pivot it's all for you damien so this was based on a book a non-fiction like book about someone who actually did this and it was called the year of living biblically by aj jacobs so um that's the the root of how the show came to be that actually sounds interesting and i might go and read that because that sounds like an interesting book yeah i just and i think the concept of the show is could, could be done well i i do think and again, we're, we're talking a lot before we even get into it, but this show, I think, falls a lot of victim into new sitcom humor. Mm. And, like, there's, like, Wait, a... every sitcom that references the Jonas Brothers and Uber and every modern thing that's happening at the exact moment seems to work. We've, we've borne that out from 150 episodes. No, Joe, because we've, I think we actually discussed this on an episode recently that you missed. You don't like those references because you don't like those things. It dates your show immediately. We've watched dated shows where they reference modern things at that time that were things you like. And then then it's fun nostalgia. So it's like you're you're inconsistent. You just don't like these things. It might be fun nostalgia in 20 years. It's not fun nostalgia for a long time. Though. So That's maybe the, the show will be really fun in 20 years. And out of this world, you love the posters on the wall. This is a bad show for me to be on, by the way. I'm a little angry about this whole thing. <laughs> I'm just going to get ornery. Uh, and I don't have many other facts. The only other thing, and it's kind of completely irrelevant to the show, but the day that this show was picked up by CBS was um, they picked up two different shows that day. The other one being, I don't even know if it made it to television, Stefano, the Chris Stefano sitcom. You can watch the, the pilot episode on YouTube, and I have, and it's not great, and I would like to cover that eventually. We haven't done... Shows that didn't make it to TV pilots before, but I, I think we need to, like, dabble into that world. That needs to be, like, a whole month. There's so many good ones. You know what? I'll be completely honest to the listeners. My fear is if we do a, a whole month of shows that no one's heard of because they didn't actually exist on television, then it's going to be really bad for downloads. Yeah. So, and we listen, we appreciate all of you guys who listen week in and week out. 
So keep listening regardless of what we do. But yeah, obviously there's a difference between when we do Seinfeld and then when we do um, Living Biblically. <laughs> like So we acknowledge that so we have to be careful sometimes when we sprinkle in the lesser knowns. That's why I think backdoor pilots would be probably a more successful month because you're getting the... That's a total cheat. That's not S1E1. That's like S6E15. Backdoor pilot, baby. It's still a pilot. Listen, I think we've talked a, a good amount without talking about the episode in the deep dive format yet. So I think we should get into that show starts and we're at like a church and we see a confessional and that's when we first meet chip. He's walking into the confessional booth on the other side is the priest father, Gene, right off the bat, just to go back. I mean, I've not attended church in quite some time, but the days of the confessional, like, you know, when was the last time you guys went to confession? <laughs> when I was forced to be when confirmed we were at, at the age of seventeen, yeah. How old were we when we were confirmed? Because you have to do it before confirmation. Yeah, that was the last thing. I would have been and seventeen. That's literally that's the last years time. ago. My last confession could drink legally now, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in the same boat. And, and you know, hey, listen. And when I'm not here to slam any, everyone believes in different things. You know, I'm just not. I'm not personally a, a super religious individual myself. But yeah, you were an altar boy. I was at the time. I will say that, and again, I'm not going to slam anybody's religion. I think everyone should just live and not fuck with each other for their beliefs. That's what causes way too much problem in this world. That's a crazy thing. But I will say it is funny that all of us, for the most part, like grew up with religion in their lives. It's an interesting thing because I don't think kids now are going to have that same number. Like you probably wouldn't get five people. I would say you're probably right. I think it was when we grew up like we all went to the same ccd which was like your religious school i think jay is maybe the only exception to this because i feel like his mom was a churchgoer too but like i know i went and i think maybe some of you the same thing because my parents didn't want to piss off their parents you know what i mean they wanted to make sure that we were baptized and christened and confirmed and stuff like that my parents personally didn't care at all, religion-wise, what I did, um, but they were just like, just do this to appease your grandmother, and that's it. It felt like the thing that, it, it, in our town at least, too, it was it was just, you did it. It just was like, yeah. that was just how it was. Go so along like, to get along. The few kids like in your grade that didn't have to go to CCD, it, it was weird that they didn't have to go. You know what I mean? So it was just a different landscape at the time. So Weird, but you were so jealous of them. It's, it should be stated that we we all grew up in a very Irish Catholic part of the world. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just more. Yeah, that's true, too. Boston area is notorious for it. And when the priest, when the Catholic priest scandal broke, we were in high school. So we had already been 10 years deep into it. I remember when that happened. My sister, who's six years younger than me, she was in. CCD, right? Six years behind me. My parents were like, you're out. Nope, we're out of this. And I was like, awesome. Can I stop? And they're like, no, fuck you. You're too far gone. You have to finish. You're in the <laughs> you last need year. Jesus. And I was so <laughs> mad about it. So, Ferg, how far is your son confirmed yet? Is that cl- close? I can't even remember the age. What I was going to say is my I, I sent my son. He got his first communion and then COVID hit. So they suspended all that. And then he just never went back. Ferg, can I ask you this? And this, I was just, I'm genuinely like a curious was it his like con- his uh, communion class was it as big as our communion class or was it much smaller i don't know i dropped him off at the door <laughs> <laughs> did you buy Best a response ever thank you <laughs> like... <laughs> uh... call me when you're done <laughs> i'll pick you up we'll get pizza 
Ferg's eating pizza alone at home. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> eating but, uh, cartoons without my kid. <laughs> back to the confessional booth. You know, it starts off with Chip being like, hey, man, you open? And Father Gene says, church is always open. We're like heaven 11, which gets a nice laugh track laugh. Very heavily laugh tracked show. Dude, it's bad. It's Sometimes it's not even a joke and they laugh. Yeah, they overdo it. And that's another new sitcom type of thing that goes on these days. They they There's someone heavy-handed on that button now. Uh, this did lead me, though, into a rabbit hole, because I think we may have talked about this on an episode, maybe a month or two back, where I was talking about, like, where did Store 24 go? Like, what? I haven't seen one in a while, and it was like, Store 24, like, went bankrupt in 2002. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So I went down a rabbit hole of looking up 7-Eleven. Originally, it was called Totems, because they would put Native American totem poles in front of the stores. And then by the 40s, they were like, this is getting a weird play. We should change it. And then 1946, they changed their store hours universally to 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. and changed the name of the store to 7-Eleven. Huh. And that's how we got that name. I read a, I read way too deep into the history of 7-Eleven today. And didn't they buy all the store 24s? I think they, no, I think Tedeschi's bought those. Oh, okay. I think Store 24 bought, like, a lot of regional chains. Like, they bought Christie's and White Hen. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Chip tells Father Gene that he's not there to actually confess. He's actually a, a lapsed Catholic. He kind of does, like, this, um, well, since I'm here, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll confess to something. And he mentions that, you know, when he's in an elevator and he sees a senior citizen coming over, he, he hits the door close button because of how slow they are. And, you get Father Gene, who's like, I actually agree with that one. That's fine. Go on. So I thought it was fine. I, I like Father Gene. Um, I was going to say, I love Father Gene. Yeah, and Gomez has never not been funny. I think about, and I, I say this, one of the things I talk about, where you're like, you say things all the time. Like to my wife, one of the things I always say is the, do you want to see what I bring to the party? Which is the episode of Drew Carey where they find out he has a giant dick. And every time something goes wrong, he doesn't know what to do. And he's just like... Do you, do you want to see what I bring to the party? So whenever I have to, like, bring Levy to a fight, I just say that because, you know, broken brain. But when I see him, I cannot think of that. He spins the whole UPS box on his penis because it's so big. Well, then. <laughs> wow. And yeah, he's done you a guys bunch of episodes tape? of Drew Carey. I remember yeah, that Thank episode. you, Ferg. Fuck you, everybody, yes, except for Ferg. Okay, Who knows what I'm talking about. I remember that now. Okay. So, yeah, he's done a bunch of episodes of the Drew Carey show. He's been on just about every episode of Norm. Great, like you know, second or third guy on a, on a show. He's n never really the starring role, but definitely like that solid guy you want in your starting lineup. He's got a great, a great, uh, curb episode too. Chip goes on and he's talking about some other things he does. And he asks if, if weed's okay in the church, which, uh, not so much. And he's talking about how he likes to get stoned once in a while and buy some ice cream and cheese its and eat it all Muppet style. And he does so. Shouldn't weed be okay, though? Wouldn't <laughs> weed be a plant that God created? It's the devil's lettuce. Mm. Yep. Mm. So yeah, we get our Cheez-It reference right there, and we get a nice Muppet reference. I love a good Muppet reference. Already winning. Father Gene with the John 420 joke, which I thought was a little low-hanging fruit. That was funny. <laughs> I, I thought it was a little too obvious. Yeah, I got a couple I got a couple laughs in the episode. That was not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but the studio audience sure loved it. Yeah, I know. It's good say. <laughs> the AI laugh track was stoked on it. And we find out the real reason that Chip's here. He tells him that moving forward, he wants to live his life 100% by the Bible. And Father Gene's like, no, you mean like in general? He's like, no, like to the letter. And then 
Father Gene takes a second and he just starts like hysterically laughing, like can't even get words out anymore at how absolutely insane this idea is. And he's like, are you stoned now? And then does that, mama, 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 like Muppet thing. <laughs> that back was one of the laughs I got. Him doing, the, <laughs> him reacting back and doing the Muppet thing was kind of funny. Which was like the close of that, like the, the open. And then we don't get like a proper intro. It's just a title screen with like a little quick jingle. I assume that's just for the pilot, but I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't know. Would you guys feel differently about this if we didn't cover these and have to do notes? But anytime there's a show where the theme song is like, and it goes right back and you're like, oh, that was only eight seconds. I've got 22 minutes and I was hoping one full minute would be. This was actually pretty short. If you looked at the time of this episode, there was time to put in a full intro in its place and keep it at the 22 mark. Yeah, with that, I think it ended at like 2109 or something. Yeah, it was pretty sh- It was on the shorter end. From that po- uh, intro screen, it's the, so what made you want to live your life this way? And we kind of get into this flashback. We're being narrated by Chip like, oh, well, it all started, you know, when my best friend died, his friend Ray. And we cut to this flashback at a bar. What, what, it's not the funeral, but it's like the. It's the post-wake. It's the post-funeral party yeah, I don't want to call it a party, but usually yeah, but there's always celebration like a of life. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's one of those. It's usually like at a at a bar or like a hall with catering or something. Yeah. So they're all there, and this is when we meet his wife Leslie for the first time too, and she's like approaching him, and she has a couple drinks in hand and hands him like a whiskey, which instead of sipping, he's like taking down like a shot. His wife is maybe the only person in this show that I don't recognize from anything else. She looked like she was in um, How I Met Your Mother. She's been in a bunch of stuff, just not things I watch. She does kind of look like Robin. Yeah. She does look like Robin, but this whole part reminds me of How I Met Your Mother, the way yes. he's narrating it. The guy who created this show, the guy who created this show was a producer for How I Met Your Mother for the whole whole, whole run, so that checks. Okay, yeah, because even the apartment kind of reminded me of it. This woman, she's in um that show Grace and Frankie, that Netflix show. That's like her biggest thing, which was like oh, the Lily show. Tomlin, wow. Jane Fonda show. I don't watch it, but it was a big, it's a big show, right? Like it got a bunch of awards and people know about it. Not this guy. And Jane Fonda was married to Ted Turner. So we could bring that right to wrestling if we wanted. <laughs> maybe, maybe for another day. We got a lot more to carry on with here. Leslie's like, hey, you know, we should go over and talk to Mrs. Murphy. That's Ray's mother, Ray's friend who passed. And, you know, she lights up when she sees Chip and gives him a big hug. She's saying, bless your hearts. You know, Ray loved you guys so much. And then Leslie's kind of giving the, you know, we loved him too. I I know it's cliche, but he's in a better place. And that's when she's like, no, he's not. Raymond's in devil country now, area code 666. Like, wait, what? Yeah, I was like, this is weird. (laughs) Here was the thing. And she's saying, well, he stopped going to church. So, like, he's obviously going to go to hell. But it's the it's the levity at which she says it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, she's laughing about it. Yeah, it's one thing to right. to to have that thought and even express it. But your son just died, and you're like laughing at the idea of him in hell. Like I don't I don't quite follow that. Bitcoin. Everybody grieves differently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Ferg is right there though. We're like, I don't know. You're probably just going through it or whatever. Does anybody? I will say this though to take a sidetrack for a second. Did anybody feel weird when he was like, he was one of my closest friends. We were friends for 30 years and he died. And I was like, I have watching this episode. I'm going to go talk to four of my closest friends who I've known for 30 years. And then had like a moment where I was like, oh, what would we do? 
if if that happened and like knowing all your moms too where i'm like okay whose mom would be the one who'd be like my son is in hell and he's falling apart <laughs> i think that's a tie between gordo and jay i think gordo's she's, she's more likely to joke <laughs> yeah yeah my mother would would she loves me but she would crack a joke i can see your mom saying it for sure yeah now did i did i miss it or do they not tell you how the friend died they didn't bring it up it's just a de- plot device. I, de- I doubt they'll ever get into it. Yeah. And now Chip's kind of like, well, I don't go to church either anymore. And she's like, well, I guess you guys will see each other again. <laughs> and like walks off. Like, <laughs> well, okay. That's kind of sweet, though. I don't know. If I was going to be stuck in hell, I'd like to be hanging out with my friends. It, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know if. Be you and a big horny bird. <laughs> be a big horny bird and shoving pineapples up Hitler's butt. Like, that's what we're doing. Now we cut back to the confessional. And he's. Talking about, we, in this part of the confession, we find out what his job is. We find out that he's he does movie reviews for, like, a local newspaper in Manhattan. And that transitions into seeing him at work because he says, like, the unfortunate part of my job is I work with this guy, Gary. So now we cut into the, you know, the office of the newspaper, which is very every other magazine or newspaper, yeah. like, yeah. big open room that we've seen in other sitcoms. Like It's the living single office. It's the just shoot me office. Yeah. Gary, who already mentioned, is played by Joe DeRosa. He's going over, like, the story of this girl that, you know, he met at CrossFit and how, you know, how nice her ass is. And Chip's like, you know, your wife and my wife are friends, right? Can you, like, just not tell me all of these things that you do? And Gary's, yeah, Gary's very generic. So he's like, come on, man, bro code. And it's just, but. The character is, um... Bro code, you'll play some pickleball later? Like, is it the worst fucking written character of all time? Now, I know... Uh, I know the end, you get a shift in the character, and, and we'll get to that later. But depending on how they play that character from episodes two on, this episode, he's so one-dimensional. And it's like, there's just not a lot of meat on the bone with this character. And he's very annoying, but I by design. So I guess he did the job right. Yeah, like, he did well by being annoying and making you not want to like him and something that comes up in this that comes up in a lot of sitcoms too i know it's new york and new york is a huge city but like i'll give the office credit on this one right when michael is dating the woman who's cheating on her husband they drive like a hundred miles away to go out to dinner like if you're cheating on your significant other and you do it around town you're basically just asking to get caught right like it's an yeah. insane move. Yeah. But some of them get to that weird point mentally where they just think that they're so slick they just will never be caught. It, it, it's like a whole mind game with themselves. We also get the, and is this because of the Donalds? Because he starts going like, come on, man, just a little bit of locker room talk. And I feel like this is right around that same time frame, right? Because 2018? Oh, yeah, definitely. No, that dropped in 2016 before he was even elected. Right, but I think this is probably a reference to, like, the grab them by the pussies era of... Yes. Well, if this is coming out, yeah, and then this is filmed in 2017 because it's released in the beginning of 2018, um, I could see that being in reference to uh, the reason that they're pulling that. I feel like the whole locker room talk thing was more in in conversation because of that stuff at the time. Either way, it's dated even for the time. But that's where my mind instantly went, though. Oh, Ferg, I'm sorry, it's dated. That's because you just don't like locker room talk. But some people who do like locker room talk will feel nostalgia for in 10 years. I don't like locker room talk because I don't like locker rooms because there's always a weird old naked guy in there who just loves to be <laughs> naked for no reason. 
I was telling someone about it. All right. This is off topic, uh, <laughs> as we do. And most of you have no idea what we're talking about. But a lot of us, when we were like at the end of high school into like our early 20s, used to all go to the same gym. And there was this one guy who we all knew to be the naked guy. And he hung out at that gym. And it didn't matter which one of us was there at what time of day. That dude was always there. <laughs> But not working out, he was always naked in the locker room, just being naked. <laughs> just like reading a magazine, like brushing his teeth. It's like, dude, you could have put a towel on to brush your teeth. <laughs> like you're just I really walking. I wanted to use the sauna and I couldn't because he was always in there. I'm okay with the naked guy in the sauna. Like it's that's not abnormal. Yeah, but the locker room was connected to the sauna. Brushing your teeth at the gym though, unless you're like it's the morning and you're going to work, is weird to me, especially naked, because like I don't know, when I used to go to the gym a lot, I would go at five, like right after work, right? So like, you're not eating a meal and needing to brush your teeth again, right? It's not like he worked out, got naked, ate onion rings, and then was like, oh, I have to go home. I should brush my teeth because I have onion breath. Like, that's insane. You don't need to brush your teeth right then. You don't need to hang out in the lockers just naked. I would always shower, dress, and get out of there as quick as possible just because like, that's the thing. You just try to do it and leave. It's not- He could have definitely just signed up for like a, you know, instead of the gym, like a spa or a Russian steam bath or somewhere where it's like invited to just walk around nude. Yeah, that's like a whole day experience. You go to the Russian baths, they're like, we're fine with you walking around naked for eight hours. They wipe the leaves all over your ass. You know, all that stuff. What? Yeah. Yeah. You've never heard of that? That's like a real thing. They wipe (laughs) leaves on your ass? Yeah. They smack you with eucalyptus leaves. They smack you? Yeah. (laughs) Why? <laughs> there are some violet ones. I know there's an all-female one, like, it's just for, for females in San Francisco that when we were on vacation, like, once my wife went to with her sister-in-law, and when she came back, she was like, the women, like, beat the shit out of me, because they, like, <laughs> throw stuff at you, and they're like, <laughs> the whole time. She was like, she had no idea to expect it. She was like, oh, it's a sauna. It'll be, like, a nice, comfortable day. And the next day, it was like, I'm so sore. I was like, what did they do there? When we were kids, there's one, I don't know if it's still there. There was one in Chelsea. It's still there. My dad used to go all the time. Gordon just got back. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. It was the, it was like the weekend of WrestleMania 14. We're kids. So I'm going to WrestleMania and it was like that day, that morning, he was like, let's go to the steam bath before. And I'm like, you know, 13 or something in my bathing suit while these fucking old, old naked guys are walking around. I'm like, this is absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> What a fun day out with the family. <laughs> uh. And then the worst part of that day was Shawn Michaels losing his title at the end of the night. <laughs> Man, Man I had to see up. a bunch of dicks and Shawn Michaels lose. You <laughs> had to see a bunch of dicks and you had to see a bunch of, then you saw a dick lose. So, uh, yeah, quite the day. <laughs> <laughs> so you were the heartbreak kid that day. I was a heartbroken kid that day. <laughs> so anyways, Gary walks away, and now Chip's talking to his buddy Vince. Like I said, Vince is played by Tony Rock, brother of Chris Rock. They just, no one likes Gary, and for obvious reasons, like we, you know, as we've been introduced to this character. And now they're going back and forth with like, if Gary were an Uber driver, he'd have a two-star rating and no gum. And then if Gary were a Jonas brother, he'd be Frankie. I had to look it up. Frankie is a Jonas brother who's just not part of the group. It was a real thing. I didn't know that either, yeah. I didn't know that either. I also refused to look that up. If Gary were a Twilight movie, he'd be all of them. I like that I joke. like that I'm one. I'm sorry. 
Have any of you seen a full Twilight movie before? Yeah, I haven't seen a full yep. one, but I have interestingly watched like a main like it's so bad you can't look away. And I've watched like probably 60, 70 percent of one of them. It's so bad, but it's I, like I said, you, you can't peel your eyes. You know, it's I've never watched one. So like to to not be like, to not even hate on it, it's clearly not made for me. <laughs> so like no, I yeah. just so I never watched them. Well, I saw the first one in the theater with people, and I had never even heard of the books, let alone the movies. And it's, oh, it's vampires. Okay, I'm just there like hammered and just mad the entire just drunk time. that Wes and mad that Wesley Snipes isn't showing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was praying that he would. Where's show Leslie up Nielsen? Dracula's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be in this. He's no longer loving it. So you guys. Don't have a Team Jacob or a Team Edward affiliation, do you? Do you? No. Okay. I'm just wondering. <laughs> it sounds like you might. I don't know, because it sounds like you know a little bit about I this, know. Gordy. I remember that was the marketing campaign at the time. I will say this, though. And again, I don't... Whatever you want to do. I remember seeing the books and being like, those are big books. Those are like mm. Stephen King level, like 700 page books. And that seems excessive. Side note. Well, not really side note. It should be what we're talking about, I guess. Uh Tony Rock, very stiff. You notice? Did you physically like see well, him? He is like part Rock. He's just like I don't. He's Rock like a hard. board up. Oh my god, guys! <laughs> <laughs> you walked into a joke you had no idea you were walking into, did you? You just spent ten minutes talking about dicks. Keep going if you want. Talking about how Tony Rock is stiff. I don't. Know. <laughs> you know he's the cousin of Hard Rock. Uh, oh, I ruined it. So, no, Nick, what do you mean? Like, what do you think? His delivery's flat? I, I no, thought he I was... just, he just seemed really, really uncomfortable. Oh. Like, he worked out the day before and he was like shoulders no, up. Punched. Like, he had never acted in his life before. Like, oh. he, it's. I didn't get that from him. I thought he was one of the better people in this show. No, okay, so he came around, like, towards the latter half of the episode. He was, it seemed a little better. But, I mean, this scene specifically, he is, like, standing up straight, his very jagged movements. It was like, I. I'm surprised I'm the only one who noticed it. Yeah. When it, when we watched Mulaney, I felt like John Mulaney was so like uncomfortable in every scene. Like he didn't know where to be or what to do at any time. Wasn't Tony Rock in Everybody Loves Chris that we covered? Maybe he's not in the pilot. I don't know. I'm almost done with that. So is Tony Rock in it? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so as those two are talking, we see another guy walk by. And he's just like upset. He's he walks by, throws something in a box he has, storms off. Come to find out he was fired. There's actually a time where I thought Vince had a great delivery because he's telling Chip how this dude walked over because their boss Meadows fired him. That the guy walked in, saw a post-it note on his computer, it just said turn me over. Then on the other side it said see me. And he goes, Why the extra step? I thought this was funny. <laughs> yeah. And now Chip's upset, like, he's like, well, because people, I guess, are getting fired at a pretty rapid pace in this place. And he's like, I can't get fired. And he's like, you're not going to get fired. Like, you're really passionate. You're one of the best writers we have here. Everyone's, like, aware of that. There's no way that Meadows is going to fire you. And then she hears off in the distance. She's like, I, I wouldn't what? And it's like, oh, no. So she walks over and starts talking. And that's when we see Cheryl, who is played by Sarah Gilbert, like I said, Darlene from Roseanne and the Connors, because uh, Meadows caught Chip. Not caught him, but he's eating the last donut. They had donuts out. And when she questions if he ate it, Cheryl's like, yeah, and he always does it. And he never brings any for the office himself. Like, so, uh, she's like this, um, she plays, uh, 
there's Darlene-esque qualities, but she's a lot more animated and uh, insufferable. She's like the angry office busybody. Yeah. She's like Mousy. She's Angela. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to explain it. Call. And much like Angela, they make a lot of jokes about how, sh- how small she is. And I will say this, they never made those jokes. Roseanne's one of my favorite shows of all time. I've seen every episode of Roseanne probably 50 times at this point in my life. And they mentioned a lot in the Connors how small she is. They're always like, oh, like, and Ben is always Ben, um, J. Ferguson? Yes, J.R. Ferguson. Yeah, he's constantly making fun of her for being, like, small and short or whatever. And it seemed interesting to me they never made those references during Darlene, and you never got the impression she was. But they, like, I don't know if it's how they shoot her. I mean, she is a short woman, but they just constantly are making fun of how small she is in this. And then that carried over into the Connors, which is weird. She might have got a little shorter with age, too. She's, like, probably about 50 now, right? You start to shrink around then. I guess. That's not good for any of us. None of us are, are particularly tall. The idea of shrinking is not going to be good. I don't like that idea. I'm good. I'm 5'11". Are you really 5'11"? Yeah. Jay, Jay's only a little smaller than me. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but yeah, I think it's um Ferg, me, Joe, Nick, Gordo. Thanks, Gordo. Not the shortest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never the tallest, so... Well, yeah, I'm never the tallest. That's not saying anything. Yeah, the tallest is a big order. Listen, I have. Listen, this I I can't even say it. I can't even say. Well, it. you have to now. <laughs> the only time in my life I've ever felt tall is next to a little person. <laughs> <laughs> what about children? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fifty-fifty. They get their growth spurt bigger than me. Are your nephews tall? Is your nephew taller than you now? <laughs> Except for uh, the the youngest. All the hormones in milk now. That's true too. Yeah, but yeah, they're all they're all taller than me. So children, not not a not a guarantee. <laughs> Babies, maybe, but <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, why did Gordon get a job as a kindergarten teacher? <laughs> so to cycle it back. We have Chip and his bosses asking him, like, hey, you know, where's your article about the reboot of the reboot of the new Spider-Man or whatever? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I know it's late. You know, my, my best friend just died. And, and then she's like, hey, I've got problems, too. My girlfriend's improv class rehearses in my living room. Believe me, I've got problems. And I'm like, all right, I get it. But like, is this a stand up routine? <laughs> if you, but if you want to if you want to throw like, yeah, it's a very like yuck, yuck type joke. But if you're going to throw that in there, maybe not. Let him announce that his friend just died because now it's like, (laughs) you know, how do you tell a joke right after that? Oh, my best friend just died. Well, my girlfriend does improv. (laughs) Okay. I will say, though, I mean, everybody knows one of these people and it's always crazy. We were like, how you doing, man? Like, ah, I'm okay. I had a kind of a tough day. And they're just like, yeah, my life is terrible. Let me tell you why. You're like, you can't just be like bummer or like yeah man know how it is like you want to talk about it like she's that person who's just like i must one-up you even on things that aren't one-upable which is good because it makes you a hateable character you reminded me of the girl from superstore yes oh yeah Th- yes she's actually good call. she's in that show you just sent us a trailer for a show that you want us to cover later on we won't even yeah we won't go into that <laughs> which is funny because we get a, a a character from superstore next scene she's also in a show called fart mccoy uh fort mccoy <laughs> <laughs> fart McCoy. Fart McCoy. Sign me up. Why haven't we done Say that? Fart McCoy. Green light. <laughs> yeah. 
She is in the the Waco miniseries that came out a couple years ago. I don't remember her in it, but if you don't like your character in this, that means there's a 50-50 chance she burned alive in the last episode. So I mean, it just depends on how you feel about her. Um, I do recognize her, and I, I, I went through her IMDb, and I can't figure out what it's from. And I'm thinking maybe I'm just thinking of the girl from Superstore that Ferg just mentioned. You're not thinking of her very first credit, which made me really happy, which was she was girl in elevator, parenthetical, uncredited in Dirty Harry 4. And I was like, I probably recognize her from that. I've seen that movie so many times. Well, in any event, she's kind of closing out with the, hey, we all have problems. Just make sure you get your work done and walks off. And then there's the, yeah, are you sure she's not going to fire me now? (laughs) And that kind of flashes us back to, it's like a narration for transition. And we hear Chip saying, like, and then my wife dropped the bombshell that brought me here today. And now we see their apartment. Again, I guess as far as set goes, kind of your typical sitcom apartment. I kind of like, though, that it's a little chaos, right? Like, the door has stuff all over it. There's posters on the wall. Like, it's it's more lived in. Very decorated. And he's just sitting on the couch. That He's got his vacation shirt on, wearing a robe in his boxes. And you just see snacks and beers and everything, like, everywhere. And the wife walks in. And she's, like, in scrubs. He's like, oh, how was your day? He was him asking her rather. She's like, oh, not great. And she's talking about how she had a patient that she had to tell has super gonorrhea and didn't find it very super. And that's a bad joke. Is that a real thing? Super gonorrhea? I don't think so. I didn't look it up because I was at my work computer, but I'm pretty sure it's not a real thing. Yeah, it's uh, gonorrhea once it takes its glasses off. <laughs> Let me open incognito mode. So you need incognito mode. Yes, you do. Says Jay's radioactive computer and cell phone. <laughs> oh, right now, super gonorrhea. Yeah, it's gonna pull up a history link of a video you watched like two weeks ago. Ah, yes, it is. Yeah, the super ex- gonorrhea is real. Yeah. yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, it's just like a really strong strain of Yeah, it. it's multi-drug-resistant gonorrhea is the technical. Bummer. Any of you guys ever get gonorrhea? Nope. No. No. <laughs> Negative. You thought you did the once, right? I thought I had something. I wasn't <laughs> sure what it was. Hey, and for those of you listening, I did it. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't know if I've said this on here, and if I did, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, regardless, because this shouldn't have even been said once, let alone multiple times. But if you do think you have something like that, what they do is they 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 take a blood sample to check, but they treat you for it regardless of whether or not you have it. So they take your blood and then you get like a shot in the butt and then a handful of pills. And I'm like, well, now what? She's like, well, that's it. <laughs> it's like, if you had it, it's going to go away now. Like, what if I didn't have it? They're like, well, then there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> What's the point of the blood? <laughs> Just to see. <laughs> yeah. I think just to, like, you have to record that, you know? Honestly, it was for the best because while I was there, I was like, well, you know, test it for everything. So then you know, they give you the full, they check all the all the things you don't want to have. And You should get have a any. panel. I mean, I think if you're dating people, you should probably get one of those, probably. Never have one. Don't need You've it. You've never had one? Nope. Never had it. Sure. Uh, look. I'm not here to judge again not anybody. I'm just saying, if you're meeting people and sleeping with them and having fooled around, like you should maybe occasionally get one of those so that you know that you're safe. You know, Gordon, you're married. It doesn't really matter. Considering that I'm living biblically and I'm married. Well, Gordo, I think that you've broken a few of those Bible rules in the past, though. I mean, true. I am mixing fabrics right now. Thou shalt not poop on a bumper. <laughs> Thou shalt not break their fucking thumb. <laughs> 
even if you're married, you're not supposed to do the deed unless it's with the intention of procreating. Thou shalt not throw quarters at strippers. <laughs> Jesus never said don't do it. Thou shalt not lay the smack it down on this stripper ass. <laughs> Oh my god. We can't get into this right now. Oh, I know. I'm just thinking that I got three more in line. I just don't want to. Oh, do there's it. a lot. Yeah. They're all incriminating though. We shouldn't but, be saying them on recording. But as I say that, the like burned in my brain is some stripper just as Goro's talking shit to them. But we're we're much younger. I want to preface this, we're much younger. And he's in like a flannel shirt or whatever. So she's, Fuck you, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was uh, hillbilly. What was it, hillbilly? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, little Fuck hillbilly. You, hillbilly. <laughs> oh, wait, was it little hillbilly too? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember said, any of this. Because yeah, because you said you're gonna make it rain on their hooker asses. You threw quarters at them, got kicked out, and then you took the bus, got kicked <laughs> off the bus. <laughs> Gordo, it's amazing how many stories you have that you're like, I don't remember any of that. And the four of us are like, I remember all of that in great detail. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, well, anyways, <laughs> to not pry too far into that, Leslie's telling Chip, like, hey, listen, you know, we need to talk. And I know you've been really checked out since Ray died, but, like, I really need you to, like, get your stuff back together because your girl's pregnant. <laughs> I thought. The I rolled way, my eyes uh, so hard at this. That was a weird, weird delivery for that. The worst way to tell somebody that. Yeah. Hey, I know you're bummed that your your buddy's dead, but Rika, Rika, I'm prego. <laughs> she has a lot of those moments in this episode. I'm just like, oh, I don't like the character anymore. Yeah, the delivery wasn't great on that. Chip is excited, though, uh, the news that he's going to be a father and says that he's going to be better. The next scene, you have him at the bookstore and he's like buying all these, you know, various baby books and just you know getting ready for fatherhood and just kind of getting i think some self-help self-help books as well when he goes to check out and all these books are being scanned somehow the bible ended up in there i honestly this is going to sound stupid and it sounds very obvious i never even thought of like oh you could just buy the bible at a bookstore i had the same thought i was like you just take it from a hotel room that's what you're supposed to do with them in reality, he would have filled up his card on Amazon and it would have came to a couple of days later. He wouldn't have gone to a bookstore. I like that he went to the bookstore, though. I mean, I, if I'm at a bookstore, I will buy a book. I do like getting books in person if you find them. And in general, like sitcoms have to be one foot into the world before the Internet. Otherwise, just nothing happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? So make it in a different time. Like make make it take place in the 90s and then you can actually is that gonna be every it. show forever though like yes every show should be in the 90s berg i'm with you i know this sounds stupid but i have a weird thing where i'm like you should never make like every horror movie from now on shouldn't take place any further than 1995 because everything's solved with your cell phone yep it's completely ruined what are we gonna do it's always like there's no service here like that's like the cheapest way out it's so fucking annoying as he sees that there's a bible in the pile it's like, oh, whoa, how'd that get there? That's weird. And then he goes to put it back. Um, well, the the girl tells him, like, if you're not buying it, you got to put it back. And stops right under a big light to kind of give, like, that aura of, you know. The halo. Holiness, yeah. yeah. And then decides, oh, you know, maybe everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you know what? I, I, I will buy this book. The um, the character, the the bookstore. She's great. Worker, she was pretty funny. 
Yeah. No, because he's asking her for advice early on, and she's like, I've been divorced four times. I bought stock in Blockbuster Video, <laughs> and I work at one of America's last bookstores. Please don't ask me for advice. <laughs> that was good, yeah. Uh, also, just real quick, I wanted to look up how much the Bible would be on Amazon. You can go real deep on this. You can spend a lot of money. You can get ones that are a leather cover, charcoal, leather touch, red letter with crown of thorn embossing. It's the whole cover for fifteen eighty nine, but it does inform you it is imitation leather, which is probably why it's such a good deal. Okay, but what's the price of an average Bible now? Like ten bucks ish. But if you want to go nuts, you can go crazy. There, Joe. Did like, you did you happen to see the the audio Bible player that comes oh, the up commercial when you search for, it? for the Bible? No, but like on I'm on I'm on Amazon looking for Bibles now. And it's oh, just okay. like a little radio that just plays the Bible. I feel like you should just have that on your shelf as a novelty. That sounds like the worst waste of a radio ever in my life. <laughs> you guys remember the picture Bible? We used to get ads for that on, on TV and like at night. Your kids will love the picture Bible. It brings the Bible <laughs> to life. The lamb makes it kid friendly. You're like, okay, thanks a lot. Well, they used to have like the remember they made the Bible into like a cartoon series that you could buy on VHS too when we were kids. Yeah, they made us watch it in CCD one day. I just remember because they sounded like those old cartoons. It's like Jesus, <laughs> Falcor, <laughs> Jesus. Guys, for zero dollars an Audible, you can hear the Old Testament read by James Earl Jones, though. And then Jesus knocked his baseball into my yard. Like, okay, <laughs> then leave. Wasn't VeggieTales also like Bible? It was. VeggieTales is Bible, yeah. So I found a, the, uh, there's an audio Bible, the New King James, and the, the narrators listed are Jason Alexander, Richard Dreyfus, Louis Gossett, Malcolm McDowell, Gary Sinise, Marissa Tomei. Wow. Thomas Nelson. You love Marissa Tomei. You should buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd like George to read it, though. <laughs> yeah, if I'm going to ever listen to the Bible, it's Jason Alexander reading it. You're putting me on a cross? I'm aware! <laughs> Pontius Pilate, the door ran out of jerks. Um, never mind, I messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where we're going. <laughs> I also liked uh, when the bookstore... Clark mentions how she almost well, did she did he did she join a cult and get out she of it? She escaped from a cult. Did she escaped the cult. Yeah. So she did join, but she has luckily escaped recently. She like escaped a couple months ago. That's what she said. It was like six weeks ago or something. She's like, FYI, if anyone ever starts a sentence with it's not a cult, they're about to describe a cult. Also, it's insane, but if you pay attention to what's going on in the world right now, you're like, nobody would fall for a cult now. And then like Amazon and Netflix are like here are nine hour documentaries about current cults that are happening and you're like wait it's based on people who couldn't that twin flames one if anybody wants to blow their brains out watch escaping twin flames holy well, i don't shit. want to blow my brains out so i'm gonna skip that yeah it sounds like it's hard. why would i want to watch that yeah <laughs> that one's sad because it just preys on loneliness it's like hey eat this it'll definitely give you diarrhea <laughs> i mean i feel like we've Super all done gonorrhea. that <laughs> this is the greatest sub of all time but it will give you gonorrhea well jay told me just a one shot and a few pills and i'm good to go i mean unless it's super <laughs> i mean to be fair if somebody said you can eat cheez it's and you can just take a shot in the ass and a few pills i'd do it 
Joe gets diagonorrhea. <laughs> Super diagonorrhea, thank you. At a right aid. So uh, we end up back at Chip and Leslie's apartment, and he's got, like, all the books and everything like that. And she's like, you didn't even come home. Like, or she didn't, he didn't go to bed last night. And I guess he was, like, really, like, locked into all this stuff. He's like, hey, remember that time I did the master cleanse? And I would, like, drink the lemon juice and cayenne pepper. And then, you know, he lost 20 pounds. And that is a real thing. I remember that. I know that's like a specific drink that people do. I've thought about. I, I've thought about doing that before. I've thought about. I've never done it because I don't want to be in a position where I, that is for people who can like be ten seconds from a bathroom at any. I was given gonna say time. you like, can't. You know. can't be someone that works full time. Obviously. Yeah, I don't know how you make that work, but uh, but in any event, she's like, of course, yeah, you pooped your pants at Rite Aid that one time. She's like, well, I want to <laughs> do that for nine months. Poop your pants at Rite Aid. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is this is the classic bad writing. We know this isn't funny. Throw a poop joke at it. Green light. Well, it worked. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing four out of five of us. But no, uh, he says no. I want to, you know, live my life strictly according to the Bible until our non-ugly baby arrives, and you know, it's like a soul cleanse instead of the body cleanse, and it's just something that he needs to do. He feels he has to do. And she's worried, like, well, like, by you changing, then, like, that changes my life, too. Like, are we still going to be able to have fun? She's like, and I'm not going to throw out my rap albums. You know how I love my filthy, filthy sex rap. This was one of those, uh... What? Audience, uh, laugh track things. You were like, a real audience wouldn't Who have... talks like that? No Who human Who talks being. like that? Nobody. No one. But the thing that bothers me is... It's not a, a writer's room full of 70-year-old men who don't know how people talk. This is people in their 30s writing characters in their 30s. They shouldn't be this out of touch. It's almost like this show only went seven episodes and was canceled because the writing was terrible. Maybe it's because he's telling the story and he's not a reliable narrator and she didn't say any of that stuff. How dare you give it credit for this? Don't do that. <laughs> I love you, but don't do I'm that. I'm trying. She does follow up with like this whole... What if I don't want to raise our kid religious? You know, I work in medicine. You know, faith isn't really easy with the things I see every day. Well, he's like, well, you have to have some sort of faith. Like, what about Sunsets or Season 4 of The Wire? I was wondering if there was, like, a tie-in, if either of them were in Season 4 of The Wire, like a little, like, a little, like, nudge-nudge joke, but I didn't see either of them. Season were. 4 of The Wire is probably the saddest season of The Wire, also. It's not like it's... I've seen The Wire. Can you refresh me what what the premise is for season four? Season four is the one where they introduce all the kids in the school. And there's like the kid who he like helps him to like, he's like, you can change here and I'll wash your clothes for you. Because there's like the cop who gets demoted and becomes a teacher. And okay. like all those like young high school kids end up for the most part just having terrible yep. stories. Like, and I love The Wire. I think every season is amazing. But like. That's not an uplifting story. There's no uplifting seasons of The Wire, but... The young Michael B. Jordan? He's in that, but this is, like, the uh, the younger kids than him. Like, this is where they go even younger. It's like the kids become, like, freshmen. Okay. And then you just see them fall It's been a while since game. I watched it, but... So now she's telling them, like, hey, you know, before you completely dive into this, you think maybe you can go to church once first? He's like, yeah. He's like, I made an appointment to go later on. Like, do they do appointments? He's like, no. They were actually really confused when I made that call. I like that joke, too. Actually. I like that, too, because I was like, can you call a church? And I think that a lot of that is his delivery. I'm a, I'm a fan of him as an actor, which... Same, I agree. Big reason I picked this show when I saw that he was the main guy. 
This is one of those shows where I keep having to be like, I like everybody in this. I just want it said in case anybody from this show listens. I like <laughs> all of you. That being said, holy shit. Yeah, can we just stolen those writers? <laughs> <laughs> he kisses her and he goes to run off because he's got this church appointment. And that's how everything's going to be better. Like, you know, maybe even more fun and better than before. Like once he gets into this. And then as he's about to leave, turns around like, except, of course, if it goes beyond the nine months, I won't be able to touch you while you're on your period. And if you get too crabby, I'm supposed to go live in the desert. You know, Bible stuff. Okay, toodles noodles. Takes off. I weirdly laughed at uh, toodles noodles and was mad at myself for laughing at it. I'm mad at you for laughing at it. And you, rightfully so. And that is what sends us back to the confessional booth and takes us to... The very first scene again, like, that's the story he was telling. So we're right at, like, that midpoint of the episode, too, when this happens. And Father Gene's like, hey, Chip, do you know any short stories? So so they do acknowledge <laughs> that, like, this is a very long explanation. It got us back to the top of the episode. I did like that. I thought that was funny. Because, again, everybody who's in this is good. And Father Gene, I think this whole this whole scene with him is really good, too, because he's trying to explain to him, like, I understand what you want to do, but you don't understand exactly what that means. Like already you're in breach just with the clothes you're wearing right now. And he's like, you know, it says like Leviticus do not wear clothing one from two different kinds of thread. And that just means like, if you wear like a cotton blend, you're wearing like two different types of fabrics. Like you're out of, you know, Bible compliance, that sort of stuff. And again, I don't know the Bible very well, but that sort of stuff is like pardon. That you can go to hell for wearing. Listen, and I'm not one way or another. I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I'm not a like I said a super religious guy, but also you have to have an acknowledgement that this is a book that was written over two thousand years ago, and the whatever reasoning may have existed then, whether it be valid or not, I honestly don't know. Would still be something completely different today, like just through translation and times and the way the world changes. So. It is funny, though, and again, this is not a political thing, but there's always an argument on both sides of other things, too, with, like, a 200-year-old document in the United States where some people say, like, it should be amended, and some people are like, it's written the way it is. So, like, we're never going to get away from that. Like, that's always going to be an argument, and 200 years is so much different than 2,000 years. Right, you know? exactly. So, but we have the priest as the one saying, hey, you got to take this with a grain of salt. You know, this isn't, this isn't law. Would that be Lot's, Lot's wife and the grain of salt? I literally remembered a Bible thing for a second there. That's the salt people, right? Gordo, I'm looking at you. You're the religious one. Pompeii? Is that Pompeii? That's the volcano. That's the volcano in Italy. Salt, salt, lots was the salt people. Right? Turn around, turn to salt. Pillar of salt. Pompeii was the volcano went off and destroyed the whole city. Right, but I think it's the story of lots or whatever. They're running away, and if they turned around, they would turn to salt. I think that's the story. Again, this is like 30-year... It is Lot, and they weren't supposed to turn around um, and watch what God did to the city. Yes. Fun! Yeah, oh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the Bible is full of really fun, uplifting stories. Well, anyways, if the news is that whole clothes thing, Chip's like, oh, that's a great tip. Like, this is why I need you around. He's like, and he asks him for his name. He's like, hey, just take my card. Father Gene reminds him, hey, and like again, I tell all my Sunday schoolers, Bible stands for... Basic instructions before leaving Earth. That's it. You know, just use this as a guideline for morality, essentially, is what he's telling them. But uh, Chip's very committed. He tells them, basic is not how I work. You know, I got to go all the way. And he runs off. He's, he's an all or nothing kind of guy. 
I do appreciate that, though, that, like, that's less heavy-handed. Like, just try to be a good person is the goal you should always have, you know? Right. Like, when he asks them his real... Well, he says his full name, and he just can't say it. Yeah, it's super long. But he knows it. Like, he knows he has a long name. And it's why I skipped it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Next scene, now, we're back at the newspaper office, like, in the bullpen area. And you see Chip walk in, and now he's, like, in all-white clothing, head-to-toe. He's Evan Almighty, all of a sudden. And he brought donuts, which is something that Shell called him out for not doing in the past. He's always wanted to take the donuts, but he was never the one to bring them in. So he's already trying to be a better person by feeding his coworkers donuts today. That's tough, too, because you know there's a jelly in there, and he's wearing white pants. Well, he doesn't have to have the jelly. I thought about this. I mean, later in the episode, it doesn't give anything away. They're at a dinner, and this guy's wearing all white. There's no fucking chance. You'd make it through that day, never mind that dinner, without yeah. getting something on that suit. A drop of coffee, you're going on the train, anything. I like when he walked in, too. He's like, well, I don't like they said donuts in the heezy. But he looks over at Cheryl. He's like, killer vest, Cheryl. She's like, thanks. It's my dead mother's. <laughs> I thought that was so out of place. Like, it was just so, like, what? such a Cause weird she, cause thing Because she says say. it so, like, she was, like, legit happy to get the compliment. <laughs> and just her reply was awkward. I mean, I think she's funny in this. I mean, I think that Sarah Gilbert's always very funny. And now he enters like that little break area off to the side and he sees Gary and he's talking to Vince, his buddy, and he's giving him like another one of his sex stories. And he's talking about how he found this girl and like they snuck into the parking lot over at the garage where they work and they made love on the hood of a Ford Fiesta. Let's talk about a Fiesta, am I right? And takes off. Yeah, you know, this guy's a bad character because he says making love. <laughs> I don't When I hear Fiesta. In terms of intercourse, those of you who've been watching porn since the good old days, you may remember. Oh, Lemon Fiesta. <laughs> no, come on, guys. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this, honestly. I don't even want to say it. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, say this thing that you think everybody's... Yeah, now you have yeah, to say come on, it. Come on, you pervert. In the old days... Go ahead. In the old days... Fine. In the old days of, like, the, the, the OG reality porn era, when, like, the internet was, like, just finally coming to be, when we're all starting to get into, like, high-speed internet... But streaming wasn't a thing, and you were still just stealing them from these websites by downloading them on iMesh and LimeWire. There was all those sites, right? So you had, like, Bang Bus obviously was, like, the big one that still, I think, exists to this day. And then there was, like, Captain Stabbin', and then there was <laughs> Come Fiesta. <laughs> and then the girls would always knock on the door and, like, hey, I'm here for the Fiesta party. <laughs> I want to hear more about Captain Stabbin'. <laughs> Those were on boats. <laughs> and then every once in a while, you just get a video of some girl getting shot in the head. And you're like, what? <laughs> that's why Ferg can only jerk off to weird, weird stuff now. Okay, okay. Yeah, guys, come on. I know some of you listening will remember that, and I'm shocked that none of you guys remember that. But. Yeah, if you know, please email Jay you <laughs> and discuss Comfiesta. And he'll email you right back without going into incognito mode with no issues at all. <laughs> with his sticky phone. So, uh, no, come on. Now it's weird. Now it's weird. Um, anyways, it as, weird. as Gary exits, he was talking about having sex on a, on a Ford Fiesta. It was a natural progression of the story. Uh, but anyways, he leaves and Vince is having that, you know, he's trying to have that conversation with Chip again about how much they hate Gary. So he goes right back into those, you know, the Gary's this and that's. He's like, if Gary was a shoe, he'd be a crock. If Gary was a juice, he'd be prune. What? Comfortable. 
That's a croc sorry. I I'm not that. a I'm not a croc guy, but I know you are, and I think Nick's dabbled, and I think Ferg's dabbled. I'm wearing Crocs right now. Me too. Um, so ashamed. I the, the haunted it's just mansion the bottom Croc. of a shoe, Ferg. I don't know what. And I could have just taken them off, huh? <laughs> yes. I can't seem to get a size that fits comfortably. Wow, those are those are designed. Those are That's like something um, for a 38 year old man to wear for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got them at Disney. I love the gibbet. That doesn't Do make it better, gibbets? by the way. <laughs> that sentence does, does not make the sentence better. I'm sorry, Gordo. What did you say? You put the stupid little fucking things in your Crocs? I do. I have chickens on mine. I'm going to get you some hedgehogs, buddy. Oh, I didn't even think of that. No, what my wife has forbidden me for getting is um, there's two things I want. One, they make spoilers that go in the back of your Crocs because <laughs> she doesn't want me to go real fast. Um, or the other one is they make spurs. They make spurs to go on the back of your Crocs. Spurs I'm okay with. I thought you were going to say truck nuts. <laughs> I thought that's where he was going to go to, Joe. Yeah. They do make crock nuts. I've seen them. Nuts. <laughs> oh, boy. They're called crock nuts. The idea of crock nuts is funny in itself, but for some reason, just seeing like Gordo like walk through a mall with crock No, what's even worse is the only time that I wear the crock is when I'm walking my dog either really late at night or really early in the morning. In case someone comes after you and you can put them in sport mode and run. <laughs> That's why I need the spoilers. He can ride his dog with the spurs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. I've hated them forever. I bought them out of necessity when I was in Disney because my feet hurt so bad because I'm old and I can't walk around all day. And they were a big help. And I just kind of wear them as slippers in the house. Well, anyways, uh, as we're getting all these like stupid Gary things. Chip's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to participate in Hayden Gary anymore. And you get Vince with the <gasps> the big gasp. He's like, but you love Hayden Gary. And he's like, well, you know, I'm trying to do this Bible thing now. Vince tells him that he looks like a business casual ghost, which I thought was like not the best joke they could have went with. But later on, somebody says what he looks like. And I think it's actually a really funny joke. It's not this one. We'll hit it later. This is a there's a tag along to that one. And. You know, Vince is like, you know, I, I thought you're you were due for another one of these like little obsessions. Like, I guess he gets, as he said himself, he gets all in on things. And I guess before that was uh, nunchucks. He still has a nunchuck scar on his back. Nunchucks? Whenever I mean, I bought a pair of like last hard plastic ones a couple of years ago, and it's so hard to not hit yourself, but it's also hard now to like not hit anything around you. I think you forget when you're a kid and you're doing it, your wingspan's kind of short. Like, when you're, like, adult size and you're spinning something around that has that much of a reach, like, you hit walls, you hit things in the kitchen, like, they were taken away from me very quickly. <laughs> I always found weird on Ninja Turtles, like, the original cartoon, they banned uh, Michelangelo's nunchucks. He started using a grappling hook as a weapon. Like, of all the weapons to ban, like, Leonardo has swords, Raphael's yeah, size. <laughs> swords are like, way worse. You're yeah. gonna ban the ninja nunchucks? A grappling hook is literally four razor knives that you just, like, pull into somebody. <laughs> In Ninja Turtles, too, I think that's why he used the, um, the cold cut thing. Like, that was, like, <laughs> that, that, like, legit. Like, that was why that happened. Because they wanted him to be able to do it, like, somehow, you know, sneak it in. But there's that great scene in the first one, too, where he's spinning the nunchucks. Fellow chucker. <laughs> on his finger, yeah. And, like, as a kid, I mean, we all, as a kid, watch that and we're like, whoa, cool. And you cannot recreate that move. 
So as they continue on with this conversation, Chip tells Vince about who he's having a kid. And, you know, they talk about how congratulations are in order and whatnot. And Gary re-enters the room and he says to Chip, like, hey, I don't know what you heard earlier talking about his cum fiesta. He's like, but remember, bro code, don't say anything. He's like, also, you look like a freaking Backstreet Boy. Which I thought that one was funny. <laughs> that, that, that made sense. Now he leaves and Chip's like conflicted. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do about Gary. And Vince is telling him not to get involved. He's like, yeah, but like, I, now I know about this. And like, I, like, what am I supposed to, like, I have to talk to my priest. Like, I know that this is the thing. So morally, like, I have to address it. I mean, I get, I like the writing here, at least that you put things in front of him. He has to react to them. Like that does give you the blueprint of where this show would go. That were written better. I think Vince grabs like a fritter from like the, the pastries or whatever. And, Miss Meadows walks up and she's like, you know, I'll have one too. I'm having the worst day. Just went down to the parking garage and I have a giant dent in the hood of my Fiesta. <laughs> that I thought was funny. I, I, I did like how that. Though. I knew that they were going to. Of course, but yeah. I thought yeah. that rounded out. That was like a good way to round They're it. also cherry picking. Doesn't feel obligated to tell on them there. Yeah, right. that's a good point. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, he should have been like, oh, and that guy fucked in your hood. And also, you're in a parking garage in 2018 in New York City. I'm assuming there's cameras that can prove this happened. No, because they never want to be liable for anything. So a lot of them don't have cameras for that specific reason. They'll put signs up going, we're not liable for anything that happens in here. That's such a bummer. That's how, like, my garage works. Like, legit. <laughs> same, <laughs> like, same with mine. They're like, hands off. Um, If anything happens to your car, that's on you. You choose to park here. I get it. But, like, man, that sucks. It does suck. So now we're at the bar and we have uh, Father Gene there and he's with uh, the rabbi, Rabbi Gill. Rabbi Gill is, what's his name? Bartleby? <laughs> what's his real name? His name is Joel. I die. <laughs> David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz, yeah. And they're sitting there when Chip walks in and they're having a conversation. Chip's thanking them for meeting him and he's kind of going over the situation about, like, what's going on, like, biblically, like, what's the what's my play here? And Rabbi Gill is the first to mention, he's like, you know, um, I've never met someone who's in the beginning of a psychotic break before. Uh, I usually usually catch them at the end. I wonder if they just let him riff, because he just keeps going, and he's so funny, and, like, everything feels kind of organic with him, where he just, like, keeps dropping those lines, or I wonder if they were just like, I don't know, let Crumholz just go for it, and, like, we'll use what works. Yeah. He also really... Reminds me of uh, Nick from uh, New Girl. Yeah, he's very similar in the face and the way he speaks. But Father Gene also takes note like, hey, like I saw, you know, you adapted with the fabrics thing I told you about earlier, but you don't have to wear all white. It just means like, you know, no blend. So like 100% cotton's fine. This is the line that got me when Krumholt says he looks like Diane Keaton. I like legit <laughs> yeah. laughed yeah. Line that. that was such a fucking great joke. Yeah. Well, I like that you mentioned that because, though, so I found the shooting draft. So I was reading along with the shooting draft at times just to get like a couple quotes here and there. But obviously the shooting draft versus what's actually on the episode can change from time to time. So I would say it was about like 85% word for word, but there was a lot of changes. So obviously I can't just kind of steal the script. I have to read along and like copy some stuff. When he tells him that, um, the original drafted line for that, and the only thing that I saved from the from that was he says, "You look like a Klansman on vacation." And the, 
And the, the network definitely went, nope, not doing that one. <laughs> yeah. You're not saying that in our Bible comedy. Yeah, that makes sense. Love the idea of a priest and a rabbi just hanging out in a bar together. I kind of wish there was more religious figures from just like every religion, just all at the bar. Everyone saw the joke coming, right? Like I have in my notes, like a priest yeah. and a rabbi walk into a yeah. bar, dot, dot, dot. And then like two minutes later, they say it. And I was like, I'm glad they did it because you have to. We get more from Rabbi Gilbert Ford, too, where he's just talking about basically like it was basically the way that it was. it's written in um in their book. It was just like, you're kind of fucked either way. Doing it, knowing about it, or talking about it. Either way, like you're you're damned. And also, we get to that whole. Technically, he's supposed to stone him. Like that's like the way that we resolve these issues, or at least in the Bible. So now Leslie walks in and joins them at the bar, and she's getting to know the two of them. And she's she's talking about um her husband and how it's like you know it cracks her up that he's gone like so deep into this all of a sudden and says that her husband's Catholic in the same way that she considers Olive Garden Italian. That's a good way to put it, yeah. People need to stop shitting on Olive Garden. It's delicious. But is it Italian food? It is not. Delicious. And I like I like real Italian restaurants too, but still delicious. I think my hell would be being in an Olive Garden getting fed uh, eggplant parmesan. <laughs> That'd be my hell. No, your hell would be getting fed unlimited breadsticks. No, because I would think those were delicious as opposed to the, the eggplant parmesan. I love eggplant, but um, we've had that conversation too many times, so we're going to roll through that right now. And Leslie's having the conversation with Father Gene, like, like, how does this work if he goes all in on this religious stuff and I'm not religious, you know, what are we going to do as far as raising our child if we have, like, different ideals? And, like, I do, like, for a priest character, and this, I think, kind of aids to what we were saying earlier, Joe, and I didn't feel like things were being really jammed down your throat on the religious standpoint. He's saying, hey, listen. You two both want your child to be kind and loving human, right? And they're like, yeah. He's like, then raise it that way. Like, that's what the world needs. And, like, it doesn't really, the other stuff doesn't matter. So I kind of think that they they didn't really jam the religious aspect because even the priest is like, raise your kid however you want. It doesn't have to be Catholic. You know, it's. I honestly feel like the priest character is the least religious aspect of the show. Touche. Maybe he's there to get that point across. Like, maybe he's there to be like, listen, I get that it's called living biblically and this is what this guy is trying to do, but. Let's be cool about it. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to maybe not alienate in using him that way, you know? Sure. And again, everything that's been going on with priests in the past, our lifetimes, right? You got to kind of make them be likable characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like anything else. And I don't want to get into all that stuff because that's not fun to talk about. But we've said this with any type of job or any type of negative thing that's attached to anybody or any group of people, right? Not individuals. When it's attached to a group of people, it's never all of them. It's never all of them. So, like, oh, whether it be not. a priest or anything else. So, it's like, you know, anything negative that may have come out with those groups over the years, there are good, kind-hearted people that are also in those roles. And um, I think this character, Father Gene, was was um, very well portrayed in this episode. Now, I have a genuine question about this. With Whether you're religious now or not, or you were religious in your past, whatever. If you're sitting at a bar and you turn and there's a priest with a collar drinking... Are you immediately weirded out? No. No. I feel like I wouldn't want to get... There's like lapsed Catholic guilt in me. I don't want to get drunk in front of a priest. It feels super uncomfortable. Why? They can drink. It's not... They can drink. You can drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but when you drink, you uh, don't quite act like yourself and you want to be on your best behavior. So you yeah, I feel like you're, it's, it's, bell, it's like buried in your brain that you don't want to be like doing that in front of a priest or something. I guess that depends on where your brain is, too. Like, if I'm at a bar now at my age and I'm having a couple drinks, I'm obviously not going to get, like, crazy. 
So I so there's no fear of like, oh, I might act up with this priest around because I know I'm not. <laughs> like I know I'm gonna have a couple drinks. You're not gonna get wasted and put like venom on the jukebox and be like six six six. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like you might have when you were twenty. Rabbi Gill also chimes in on that conversation and mentions um, after a sweet moment that uh, also if you guys need a you know a snip snip, you know, give me a call. You know, I'm, I'm on Yelp. You know, you'd have to pay extra for it at the hospital, so might as well go to a moil. And get it done then. Well, I don't, I don't know how long we'll have that conversation for. So uh, moving right along, Leslie's saying, hey, we're late for dinner. You know, it was great meeting you guys, but mama needs pasta. <laughs> Again, this was Yeesh. this was right back with the, your girl got pregnant. Like, it's all those, like, I need my filthy, filthy rap. It's just, I don't it's know. It's almost satirical how unfunny she is. Yeah, so I think it's a combo, and I don't know this actress well enough, and I don't want to, you know, speak negatively because I I can't say one way or another. I don't think she's acting bad. I just think the jokes they're giving her are terrible. I think it might be a meeting in the middle situation. <laughs> you know where she belongs? Not on this show. She belongs in that. What was that terrible show we did? Where like the pop star lives in my garage? Don't oh, put that evil on her. Together, happy together. Yeah. Happy together. She seems like a character who'd be there, but like, we're going to go out tonight and get crunk. Mommy's going to get her pasta on. Like, it seems like they're the same written character. In Joe's brain, I just see them. And then they mentioned Rihanna. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that didn't make me happy. Sure. But I would say Rihanna is a popular person who will persevere further than a Jonas Brothers joke. Would you be nostalgic for Rihanna in 20 years, Joe? You know, the Jonas Brothers are, are, are big. They are very big and, ha- and have been for over a decade now. So, like, yeah, they, I think they may be locked into, like, a, a cultural reference that will last a, a bit. I mean, like, good for them. No ill will. But, like, I, I don't know. I think it's all bullshit. So they're about to head out. And there's like, the, just a little bit more exchange. Uh, Leslie does mention that um, those guys are, his new, like, answer guys from now on, his god squad, if you will. Another very corny joke. Uh, that one funnier than the other thing she said, but um, there it was. And then Rabbi Gill goes, how do you like this? A priest, a rabbi, an elapsed Catholic, and a non-believer walk into a bar, and they make new friends. <laughs> it's like, that was so for the trailer. <laughs> you know yeah. that? Yeah. So obviously for the trailer. That was like the two seconds that played after Bob Hart's Abishola was doing the credits in like the little corner. New on CBS. He finishes that out going, you know, I know a lot of people think I'm the Ross because I'm somewhat Jewish. Somewhat Jewish, you're a rabbi. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. he says um, he feels he's more of a Chandler. I can see him being more of a Chandler. That dead in a hot tub? The greatest thing we ever did, but Dude. oh, <laughs> I will say, look, I had no problem with the guy, but immediately people kept posting the meme that was like, what was his last words? And it was him speaking doing a spit take we were like wow <laughs> holy shit the darkness of that and it was like two minutes after he died that started posting around some people are fucking wild with that yeah, shit terrible it's like a, like at the end of the day a man died like yeah and somebody but it's also crazy me some people have the brain to be like you know what i can make <laughs> just like it's there right away oh yeah i know just what clip to use <laughs> i don't want to go into too many tangents because we, we still got a bit more to talk about but in, in going with that and how quickly the internet works, and also to not date things, but uh, very recently there were some allegations against Vince McMahon. And about 10 seconds after these, like, texts and stuff got leaked, you have videos online of, come on out, you rapist! 
And then it's like cut with him walking out, like it's it's shot from him to him, and you go like, "How do people have this done already?" It's so quick; it is insane. We live in a simulation, man. Like someone had that ready, just waiting. Like I know I'll need this one day. I mean, to be fair, somebody probably allegedly knew that that would allegedly be a thing they could use. Anyways, we cut to the interior of the restaurant that the two of them are going to, and they're sitting at a table. Waiter brings out a gigantic piece of chocolate cake. Sets it in between the two of them. Is it even a piece at that point? If you give somebody... It's a fourth of a big cake. It's, it's a, a quarter huge... of a cake. It's not a piece anymore. It's like in cartoons when they cut a sliver, but then take the whole cake and leave the sliver. <laughs> right. Like, they should have then brought them for their meal a giant bone with a ham. I mean, a ham with a bone sticking out of it, you know? The ribs from the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, she tips the table over. None for him. He says, uh, because of the seven deadlies, that's gluttony. Not how gluttony works. And he says, you know, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, what's in the box? You saw the film. Because, you know, that's his job. So, at le- I, actually, I actually thought it, it made sense for him to have a movie tie in there. The gluttony guy is this, one of the saddest guys in the whole movie, too. He eats himself to death. Chained to a chair. That movie is a fucking hard watch as an adult, by the way. It life. really it is. It's really hard to watch yeah. now. It's a hard watch as a kid. <laughs> See, I don't think it was as hard to watch as a kid, because when we were kids, it was like, this is Rotten.com, and this is uh, Faces of Death, and you were like, whoa, crazy, and then you're like almost 40, and you're like, these poor people have parents and people who care about them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everything changes so quickly. I feel really bad for the fat guy. (laughs) Yeah, you feel terrible for him. So as the two are having a nice moment over a giant piece of cake. They're talking back and forth. You see all of a sudden that Gary's walking into this restaurant and he's got his mistress with him. She has another terrible line that she goes, more cake for mama. Yeah, I figured <laughs> I'd skip that one. But yeah, um, and as the two are walking in, instantly Chip's like. Do you like, think she said that line and then turned to the camera and was like, just fucking kill me. Like, I can't do this anymore. No, I don't think because I uh, my personal opinion is that she, like I said, it's 50-50. I think bad. I think they all had bad lines, but hers come off a little too much, and I think that's partially how she portrayed the character. I think she cashed those checks, and it did not matter. True. So in any event, as a result of Gary walking in with his mistress, Chip sees this and goes, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Unless it's like, what? What are you looking at? And she turns around, she's like, wait a minute, that's Gary, and that's not Tracy. Who's that girl? And then Chip's like, wait, calm down. And she's like, calm down. I'm pregnant, dude. I'm calming up come on over here with me and then they run over gary's like oh uh this is my assistant josie they gave it to me at the newspaper you know and she's like wait your newspaper that's firing people left and right decided to give you an assistant like yep right chip bro code bro code <laughs> and like she's not gonna hear that <laughs> right <laughs> no no he whispered it first he whispered it she can't hear it. it's a different tone also, like, if you're pre- people don't know they're pregnant sometimes for, like, four to five months. Like, the hormonal kick-in thing is not happening to Mama Pasta right now. She just found out. Who, like, we when we see her, like, I think the very first scene is, like, so thin. <laughs> like, she's pre- she's eight seconds pregnant. Yeah, like, you would, she's so thin that you would notice if she ate an apple. <laughs> like, so there's no way that. You know. There's no hormonal imbalance yet. No. Well, she just ate a quarter of a cake, so <laughs> you can't tell. But they had her. In, I thought I thought that was weird. As it comes up, I, 
because she was wearing such form-fitting stuff in the beginning of the episode when I feel like maybe have her wear some baggier clothes just to help with this situation, you know? Right, I feel like you're a little further along. Yeah. He even says for the whole nine months, which means she's less than a month pregnant. This is happening, and again, Gary's like, isn't that right, brah? He doesn't know what to do. He looks over at a potted plant, and he finds a rock, and now he's just, like, holding it and, like, looking at it. And Leslie's like, Chip, what are you doing with that rock? And the fake crowd went wild. I mean, I laughed. I will say, the rock scene did kind of get me. I did not expect this. I loved it. I thought it was funny as I thought it was funny as shit. He should have threw Chris Rock's brother at him and then he would have been hitting him with a rock. <laughs> I thought I, I did think it was funny the way he was like looking down at it because it's like he knew what he had to do. It was like that conflict going on with him. I love his quick delivery of the rock too. Like the physical delivery to Gary's head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well the way he did it, it was just like so quick that he was just like boom. He goes, oh, what the heck, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's an ac- accurate reaction, though, too. Right? So, just threw your friend threw. If one of us threw a rock at your head, you'd be like, "What just happened?" Like, you, you wouldn't be able to process that immediately. I do like that. After he throws the rock at his head, him and Leslie just run out of the restaurant, and he says to her, "Like, still think we're not going to have any fun?" <laughs> now, does that also mean they didn't pay their check? Because that feels like that's not living biblically. Maybe um, adulterers are supposed to pay for everybody's meals. Oh, that's, yeah, it's an adulterous 314. Next scene, we see Chip heading into work again. He's in, like, more normal clothes. He's no longer dressed up like a Klansman on vacation. He walks up to Vince. He's like, hey, is Gary here yet? He's like, oh, well, no one's asked me to smell or pull their finger, so I don't think so. Also, why is he wearing sunglasses here? Like, he's trying to hide. He doesn't want Gary to see him because he threw a rock at his face. <laughs> He's like a seven-foot-tall guy. He's like, oh, he's wearing sunglasses. Nobody will notice me. So he's setting up his desk, and he notices there's a post-it note on it, which we know usually doesn't mean anything good. It says, see me. So he heads over to Miss Meadows, and he's like, please don't fire me. Like, I know you probably have rules against throwing a rock at someone's head, a co-worker. He's like, you threw a rock at a co-worker? I mean, technically, if that was outside of the office, I don't think you can... There's a gray area there. No, usually if it's a, with a coworker, you'll still get in trouble. Well, I guess depending on where you work. Certainly where I work, I'm under the impression that would happen. But she's like, no, you know, all this Bible stuff you're doing, there's been like nonstop arguments in the office about it. It's like such a polarizing topic. The janitor called me a punk ass bitch. <laughs> and he's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, are you kidding me? I love it. Like, I haven't seen the office just fired up about anything since Brenda's top fell off at the Christmas party. And Vince is like, I gotta start going to these Christmas parties. Another one of those, like, unnecessary, like, just give him one last line. Sitcom-y joke. Yeah. Modern-day sitcom joke, for sure. Yeah, uh, Miss Meadows is now saying, how would you like to write about your journey, like, in the paper? And it would give him a few extra articles a week, and then, obviously, there'd be more money involved. Cheryl pops up out of nowhere. I want more money. Like, Cheryl, go away. Go hide in, like, the vents or something. <laughs> And Chip's like, yeah, I would love to do this. Like, maybe it would even, like, help out the community. She's like, I don't care about the community. I just want to sell more newspaper. Tells him, though, I've always thought, you know, there was more to you than film reviews. You know, you're the best writer we have here. Though there is an acknowledgement that he is, it's validated what Vince was saying earlier about how he's a great writer. And apparently the cold-hearted boss sees that in him as well. Did anybody think that he would be fired here? I was getting the impression that, like, that was going to make his journey 
Arter because he was going to be laid off for, or fired from his job. I didn't expect this to be like, and now you're right about it. No, because they set it up earlier with the things. I it was pretty. I thought it was pretty clear it was a red herring that the um post it wasn't going to be the same thing as earlier. I think they established the workplace too much to think that they were going to take him out of that environment, abandon it. That's a good point. Yeah. Cheryl chimes in. What about me? And Meadows is like, you write the obituary, Cheryl. I actually got a laugh out of that. That's going to be a pretty easy gig, right? I mean, other than the fact that it's depressing, but I'm sure it's all pretty much template and then copy-paste. Beloved husband of blah, 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 you know, so is, is like left behind by blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's all the same shit. It's just different names. And most of the time, the family submits all that. That's true, too. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. But you see sometimes, like, if you look at the paper, sometimes you'll see, like, ten of them, and there's one that's really long with a picture, and that one is usually written out a little more uh, prosaically. That's the one that you pay for. That's definitely a pay-for scenario, yeah. So now Chip's super pumped. He's like, Bible baby? Like, it's all, it's working out for him. I don't like that he keeps saying Bible baby. He says, like, four times in the scene. It's too much in a short period of time. And then notices Gary walks in. And obviously Gary looks pissed and he's like, you know, he's got like the black eye and everything from having the rock thrown at his face. (laughs) But he walks up to him. He's like, hey, I've got something to say to you, maniac. And then right when Chip's trying to explain himself, he goes, thanks. Like, did you just say thanks? Like, yeah, I told Tracy everything. I've been a bad person. We're going to go to counseling. So thanks. But I'm still real pissed at you, bro. (laughs) And just walks away. And then Chip again, Bible, baby. He does say Tracy found out because I'm clearly cheating on her all around where we all live and work, and this is yes. very obvious. He's the lazy cheater, man. He doesn't want to work cheater. too hard. And then Vince is like, you're making more money, you're happier, you got to throw a rock at Gary. He's like, I might try to do some of this Bible stuff my damn self. Chip goes, darn self. <laughs> it ended very sitcom-y, <laughs> but like, I hated that. satirical sitcom And then we get that <laughs> from there, there's the final scene. And it's just kind of like the nice closeout, and you see Chip approaching the altar at the church, and he, he props up like a photo of him and his buddy Ray together, and he lights up like a prayer candle, and he's just saying, he's talking to Ray, saying how much he misses him, and regardless of what your mom says, I know that you're up in heaven, and you're probably, you know, busy right now, probably going to a Prince concert with John Candy or something cool like that, so, you know, love you, buddy, miss you big time. I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, well, if that's what heaven's like, maybe I should uh, get back into that <laughs> whole believing this. in God thing. Because seeing Prince. I want to kick it with John Candy. Like, What if it's, what if it's uh, the opposite? What if you and Prince are going to see the Kenosha Kickers? It, more so do I want that. Me and that sexy little man watching John Candy up on stage with his polka band. I will say, um, again, having read the shooting draft, there was more in this scene. And I'm glad they went the route they did, because after he said all that stuff, his like wife was off on the side, like eating a cheeseburger. And there was like some sort of a, I forget what the joke was, but it was just something corny that you would have expected to be said here. And I thought it was really nice to just have him close out saying something sweet and then walks off. And then the priest was there the whole time, walks out, shuts the lights off and ends the episode. I thought it was a better route than where it would have typically gone and how it was intended to go. I'm kind of surprised, honestly, this scene was there. I assumed it was going to end with the damn self, darn self, ha 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 ha, fade to black. Like, that's what I expected, because that's like, bump, 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 sitcom. But that's how it probably was. It probably ended with that, and then this was like that 
credit roll last scene, like right right before it switches over. You know, I, so, I, I assume every episode probably ends with him talking to his friend in the church or something like that. Well, it's I can see that the wraparound. It did feel like there should have been a joke or something else there. Like it felt like it shouldn't have ended on that sweet note. Like I, just I, the I way thought the it was show nice was going because it kind of lacked a lot of that throughout the episode. So I guess we. We 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 talk so often about these shows overstepping their welcome. I think if they added more jokes, it would have been a little just too much. I'm not saying I wanted it. I'm saying that it felt like there should have been something else, and Jay confirmed it. They could have had when he shut the light off. He's like, "Hey, I'm still in here." (laughs) Yeah, or I I was expecting like the priest to say something and then step out and have him think it was his friend and freak him out. Like that's where I was going with it. Here's a question for you. I don't know if anyone's going to keep watching this. Look, this show is hard to find, first of all. For a CBS show that did go a season in the past few years, you can't find this anywhere. But do you think that this gets even more insufferable as the baby gets closer? Do you think there's like an episode where they're arguing? It was like, I want to have the baby at City Hospital where I work. Like, no, babe, we got to have the baby in a manger. Like, do they just go full on? <laughs> oh, like, I want to wow. name him Greg. Be like. It's Ezekiel, babe. We gotta name the baby Ezekiel. That would have actually been a good, good scene if the if the birth of the baby was done in a manger. That would be. I think that'd be funny. God says I have to sacrifice him. Like, <laughs> Firstborn babies gotta die. Like, wait, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, in any event, that was the entirety of the episode. So I don't have a lot of other stuff to talk about. Like I said, we, great cast. Funny how it came to be. It's it's kind of funny again looking back at the. The Galecki, Ferguson, Gilbert, like all them together in this, you know, linked together. I do find it funny that like for Galecki to be the executive producer, like that was the big thing. If you read any articles about this show when it came, when it was announced that it was happening, it was Johnny Galecki, executive producing new show for CBS. He didn't create the show. He didn't like, it was like, but the fact that he was just an executive producer. You've got to realize though that. Big Bang Theory is at the height of its popularity. Yeah, so just his name attached to it means so much. But yeah, he was just an executive producer. And maybe they knew they had a pile of dog shit. And they were like, just please give us some numbers. (laughs) Star of Chris's Vacation puts out a show. I'm watching this. That's funny now thinking about how there was a vacation shirt. Not his vacation, but a Right, but a different vacation, yeah. It should have been Christmas. Yeah, that's like the kind of stuff you want, right? You know, but yeah, that was the whole episode. We've talked a great bit about it, and we've gone on plenty of tangents along the way, so I don't think there's much left else to do other than get into the green light or cancel. Uh, Joe, starting with you. I, I think this is a pretty easy cancel. I, I think the premise is better if you space it out. I think there's not a bad premise here, and I think it's a great cast of people who I genuinely do like. And it is funny in hindsight to be like, I'm glad this failed because I do genuinely like the Connors, and I do think that jay ferguson as ben in the connors is a way better use of a a good funny actor than wherever this show was gonna go i mean look some of this stuff bothers me more than you guys because i just don't like when things get super religious and that's maybe making me feel but the writing's bad the jokes are bad uh i did not enjoy this and it's a it's a cancel work yeah this show's biggest sin is it's just not funny I didn't laugh very often at all. I thought the jokes were terrible. And then, like, they're rubbing it in your face with the canned laughter because I'm already like, not funny. And then they're laughing and laughing, laughing. Uh, it's a great cast, terrible script. 
I like the premise, and I almost want to keep watching to see, like, what are the situations he gets in by taking the Bible extremely literal. So it's like, it's a good idea, it's just terrible execution. So because of that, I have to cancel, so that's it, cancel. Nick? Yeah, uh, I agree with Joe and Ferg. It's strange, because it is a good cast, and it is a cool concept, and it's still getting canceled. It's just... They go that one bad joke too many, too often. Like, there's a few deliveries in this episode that would have been fine had they just stopped a sentence earlier. But they they let it go, that one extra sentence, and they just kind of ruin it. I don't I don't love the wife. She's not my favorite character. Um, she just, I don't know, she just doesn't seem like a real human being. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. But like I said, rest of the cast is good. It's just it, and like Ferg said, there's really only one way to put it. It's just not funny. Like they should have tried harder. It's following this new, which I've I've brought up before, like this new recipe they have for sitcoms that they didn't need because old sitcoms worked. Um, that and I don't know exactly what the difference is, but it just doesn't feel right anymore. And I feel like if you were to just, like, remove whatever new thing that they're doing, you, you automatically get a bump up. But, yeah, it's just it doesn't feel right. It's not funny. It's just it's too bad because of the cast, like we said. But, yeah, it's a cancel. Gordo. See, I'm going to go the opposite direction of you, you guys. You don't say. I like the concept. It, what, it was fine for what it is. It's a modern sitcom. It's not the worst thing that we've seen. It's definitely not. It's got the cast. It's got everything there. And the only reason I would be on board with you guys, but I think that this episode being the pilot sets up the other 13 episodes. It's not going to be a half an episode of him coming to, he's not going to rehash the story, 13 more episodes of how he got there, which took up the biggest chunk of the show. He's going to go straight into kind of living biblically. And those were the funniest parts and the intriguing parts of this show. So for that reason, I do want to see what happens in episode two. I would be more critical in episode two than I am in one. And I'll give one a pass because I want to see if it gets wackier and see how they dive right into it. Like you, like you guys mentioned, like, being born in a manger. Um, th- there's a lot of things that can come up that can be funny that I hope they tackle. But I mean, the fact that it went 13 episodes, I don't think they did. But I'm willing to give it one uh, another shot. So green light for me. All right. So I've been very conflicted with this one. The first time I watched it, I definitely didn't like it at all. Liked it more when I rewatched it. Now. I ultimately feel like this show doesn't get better. But when I watch it, there's so many elements that not knowing actually if it gets better or not, like, I think I'd be curious enough to watch another episode to see where it goes. Because I do like a lot of the other characters. I like the priest. I like the rabbi. Uh, Tony Rock, I think, was funny. Um, The main character is good. Like, I just think if the writing was better... The, and the, the premise is there. I think it could work. So I'm green lighting it, but I'm green lighting it, understanding that I would probably watch episode two and go, nah. But I, I do feel like there were enough pieces that 
my eyebrows raised and I'm curious enough to want to see something else. And I think that's, that it really is largely in part um, J.R. Ferguson. I'm, I'm just a fan of, and I, I think that is really what drove it for me. So it's the softest of softest green lights for me. But with that being said, it doesn't matter because that's still only two out of five. Sorry to live in biblically. You do not carry on to see another day with us. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. I want to remind you to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to where you can listen to us. Rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, follow us on X, s1e1pod. We love getting suggestions from you guys, interacting. Tell us things you want us to cover. Tell us how you found us. Tell your friends we exist. All those things. The interaction's a lot of fun. For us, this is a podcast that as of now, until nothing's ever shift, we're not making any money on this. So it's just really great to interact with people who we know enjoy what we're doing. Uh, That's what fuels us and makes us want to do this uh, as much as we do. So thanks again. We'll catch you again next week with another new episode. Until then, thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best Captain Stabbing. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.